Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and today we are going to attack a very juicy topic, which is how to be good in bed. Now, let me right off the top let you know that if you're expecting a conversation about technique and sexual positions and the physical dimension of sex, you're not going to find it here. I'm sure there are other podcasts out there that tell you kind of how to do it and give you all the info on techniques and positions and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going there. I'm going to be talking to you about the attitudes, the perspectives, the mindset. I'm going to be talking to you about your way of being that will make you a good lover, that will make you good in bed. Because this is something that really goes across the board in conscious living is It's really not about knowledge and technique. It's about the state of consciousness that you're bringing to it. It's about intention and willingness and so forth. So like, for instance, I've mentioned this before, but the issue of weight loss, right? People wanting to lose weight and get in shape and all of that stuff. The reason why people might struggle to lose weight or keep the weight off, get in shape, it's not because they lack knowledge. It's not because they haven't been taught the right techniques, you could say, in terms of what to eat, what not to eat, to exercise, right? I defy you to find someone who doesn't know you're not supposed to eat fatty foods and potato chips, you know, and you know, the high sugar content sodas, right? So if you're not losing weight, it's not because you don't know that stuff. It's because you're not willing. It's, it's about your state of mind. It's, it's, it's about commitment and the way you're being with your food, your relationship to food, what you're using food for. Very often food is used to help us avoid feelings or numb our feelings, right? There's something called emotional eating. That's the reason you're not losing weight. It's not because you don't know you shouldn't go to McDonald's five times a week. Thank you very much, right? So it's sort of that way with being good in bed. I don't think the discussion is about positions and techniques. That stuff is fairly easy to learn. There's plenty of info out there. Like it's pretty easy to learn what nutrition and exercises you should be doing to lose weight. What's more important is what's going on inside of you sexually. 
your attitudes, your, your state of consciousness, the way you're being with your partner. That's the difference. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, one other thing we're not going to talk too much about is the whole issue of when to have sex in a relationship, right? This is the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, which means it's primarily directed at people who are single, right? And so the issue of when to become physical, at what season of the relationship should that happen? At what stage should that happen? How soon should that happen? How long should you wait? Okay. Um, We're not going to talk about that either because podcast number 12 that I have done was called sexual intelligence. And that was the entire discussion. We didn't talk at all about how to be good in bed. We talked about sort of when you're ready to go to bed, (laughs) you could say. Okay. So that issue has already been dealt with and you can find information on that one, on that one there. Now, to be good in bed, to be a good lover, it starts with having a body that will perform, a body that will respond. Do you follow me? If a man can't get an erection, if he suffers from premature ejaculation, There's something going on with his body that is going to affect his ability to connect sexually with a partner. And if a woman doesn't have sexual desire and or she can't have an orgasm, that's going to affect her ability to connect sexually with a partner. So the first conversation I want to have is about these sexual troubles, these, quote, problems. And for the most part, what I believe the solution is to the things I just mentioned is similar for both men and women, but there's some nuances here. So let me just start by having a conversation with the guys, okay? What do you do when you have erectile dysfunction? or premature ejaculation, okay? What's that about? How do you resolve that? Okay, the first thing I'm going to say is you need to go to a really good doctor and get your body checked out. Sometimes, I would would say not very often, but sometimes it's a biological medical issue that there's a blood flow issue and that might be able to be fixed by the medical profession. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is you want to just get yourself checked out and find out what's happening there. Now, one of the solutions a doctor might tell you is basically I can't find anything medically happening with your blood flow and the way the, the the veins and the arteries and stuff in your penis are because when you can't get an erection, the blood flow can't get in there, right? There's something now they're doing uh, like ultrasound, ultra wave therapy to, I, I think it, it what it does is it removes the plaque and some blockages in the, the arteries in the penis 
so that more blood can flow. I, I think that's what's what's going on. Okay, that might be something that you could have done, and voila, you're good to go. Um, but a lot of times, what you're gonna what what doctors are gonna tell you is they'll check you out and say, you know, there's no real physical problem. Just take Viagra. Now, you can do that, okay? Um, but I think it's more fun to ask some deeper questions because the Viagra thing can work for the most part. I don't know if it works for everybody. I, I, don't, I don't study this stuff like, like that. Um, but if you need that to get an erection, well, then you always have to use it. And you're sort of getting dependent on it. And that can just be a complication. It can be a pain in the butt. And and so there are there are some more fun ways to deal with your your fella not performing. Okay, and that is a spiritual perspective that I would invite you to ask yourself this kind of question: What is my penis trying to tell me? by not performing the way it naturally should. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you should be able to get an erection. I think probably any, if you're less than 75, you should not have a problem here. Just like you should be able to walk when you're 75. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be in a wheelchair unless there's something really wrong, right? Your body should be performing just because you're 50 or 60 or 70 doesn't mean you shouldn't get an erection and be able to keep an erection. Okay. Now you might be really out of shape. You might have bad diet and bad exercise in your body. So maybe what your penis is trying to tell you by not performing the way it should is that you're not taking care of your body and your body isn't taking care of you. Okay. So maybe the first thing you need to look at is how you're taking care of your entire body. Because that certainly is what you would do if you started having heart trouble, heart issues, heart disease. Okay, what is my heart trying to tell me by not functioning the way it's supposed to? Well, duh, maybe you got to quit smoking and you know eat a, a heart-healthy diet. That's what it's trying to tell you. Okay, well, I think it's the same thing with your dick. What is it trying to tell you by not functioning the way it's supposed to? And the the first level might be that I'm not taking care of my body, and so my body's not performing the way it's supposed to. But another dimension of this, of what your body could be telling you, is, is and this is a question to wonder about. This is like, this is a question for consideration, for curiosity, like, what is my penis trying to tell me by not functioning the way it's supposed to? Now, there's two things you might find if you really open up and ask that question. What psychologists have found is that erectile dysfunction can be an aspect of repressed rage toward women. Anger at women. Meaning, I don't want to satisfy her. I don't want to give her what she wants. I don't want to enter her because I'm mad at her. And I might say her with a capital H. It might not be the particular woman, but it might, you might have mommy issues. You, you might have issues from the past and past relationships and the way women have treated you 
right? There's, there's a group of men that are right now that are called incels. Like they're involuntarily celibate, okay? And these men can't get laid. They can't get women to give them a time of day. I would bet you the level of erectile dysfunction in that group is off the charts when compared to the rest of society. Because when you're holding that kind of anger and that kind of rage at women for not giving you what you want, not the love and attention that you want, when you're holding on to that, your body doesn't want to connect with them, certainly doesn't want to give them pleasure because you're holding on to this bitterness or this anger. So that's the first thing that I would say. If you got ED, I would want to have a conversation with you about how you feel about women in general. Now, there's no shame in this. There's no shame in having anger issues and repressed rage and mommy issues and issues with the feminine in general, right? But there is a way to work through those things, to deal with those things, to where then your body really does want to connect with a woman. It really does want to give pleasure. It really does want to, you could say, rise to the occasion. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. But you know what I mean? Your body will get back on track when you deal with the issue that your body is unconsciously telling you, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. So that's the first one. The second one, is that very often the blocked flow that is affecting our penis is a reflection of the blocked flow of our energy in our bodies in general, right? So the inner energy of us as human beings, what the Chinese called your chi, what the ancient Hindus and Indians called shakti, what the Christians call spirit, what normal people call aliveness or life force. When, when our chi, our shakti, when, that, when our energy is blocked, it's not flowing, very often that shows up in us physically. It certainly shows up in us emotionally as depression, as anxiety, as loneliness, as stress, boredom, right? These psychological issues that we sometimes face are energetically based. They, they come from blocked energy, holding on to the past and so forth, can block the energy flow. In other words, just imagine yourself that you're a hose. And if your hose is twisted, the water can't flow through the hose. It's kinked. And so there's no, you don't, you don't have any flow. So you don't feel alive. You don't feel motivated. You don't feel passionate. You don't feel enthusiastic. You don't feel joy. You don't feel love, right? You, because your, your life force is, is blocked. Well, it's going to show up in your body physically too. So the question might be sort of set aside my penis, but maybe my penis is giving me a little window into something else that's happening that is just showing up in my ability to sexually perform. And that is, maybe I'm blocking my energy. Now, I recently did a whole podcast on this topic. 
It was podcast number 64. It was question number four in the series I did on quantum questions for life and love. Question number four is, why don't I feel alive and passionate and motivated pretty much all the time? Put negatively, why do I often feel blocked or blah or bored or just not very joyful and alive and enthusiastic and passionate? So that podcast went into six areas of our lives that can contribute to a blocked aliveness, a blocked energy flow. And those things were an unfinished past. If we're holding on to bitterness and anger from the past, if we haven't let go of how we've been hurt and mistreated, if there's trauma from our past, maybe even our childhood, that blocks your energy flow and it can definitely affect your sexual performance. If you have unquestioned thoughts, you know, you, you, you have thoughts about yourself that you're not good enough, that you're unlovable, um, you know, that kind of stuff. You, the, the way we think can is a major way that we can block the flow of life and love in, our, in, in, in us. And so you can have, you know, unfinished, an unfinished past, unquestioned thoughts. You can have unowned responsibility. Like when you're blaming and playing the victim, that, that doesn't feel good in your body. That just kind of blocks you off. You will, you will feel not very happy and not very alive when you're playing the victim and everything is someone's fault and people are doing this to you and why me and all the, the natural things that we, we all fall into that. But that blocks our flow and I think it can show up in your sexual performance and ability to perform. There's unsaid truths. Very often when we're not telling people the truth, um, our bodies shut down. There's unkept agreements. We have broken agreements with people all over the place. We've said we'll do things and we don't. We said we wouldn't do things and we do. And that messes with our integrity, our inner our inner aliveness because we have all these incompletions and all these ways in which we're out of integrity because we've broken our word. And then there's unfelt feelings. We don't know how to deal with our anger, our sadness, our loneliness. We just avoid it. We distract ourselves. We medicate ourselves. We numb them out. Well, when you numb your feelings, you numb your body. And you can't feel anything. Now, right here, we got to bring the women into the discussion. Why don't women sometimes feel sexual attraction, sexual desire? Maybe men have this too. I, I, in my experience, I haven't heard many men say they just have no desire for sex. But I have had many women say, I just don't have a lot of sexual desire. I don't, I, when I, I meet men all the time, I'm out and about. I just don't find many men very attractive. I, I don't feel that little zing in my body when I see someone good looking. When I'm talking to someone, I don't feel chemistry. Like some people don't, they don't feel chemistry. They don't feel that sexual energy. 
it's like they say that I'm sort of numb to that. I'm, it, it, it's like that, like my vagina is dead in, in a sense, right? And that because maybe because your whole relationship to your feelings is showing up in your sexuality that you've blocked anger, that you're repressing sadness or, you know, loneliness or stress or that you, you have regular habits of trying to avoid those feelings and distract yourselves from them and medicate them and numb yourself. Well, if you numb one feeling, you have a tendency to numb them all. And then you go numb. And then it's like, I just don't feel sexual desire or even when I'm all by myself and I masturbate and I even have some sexual toys, I can't have an orgasm. It's because your body is shut down. You've numbed your body and now you can't feel anything. It's almost like you're living on a constant dose of Novocaine. You know what I mean by that? I mean, is that resonating for, for you ladies that sometimes don't feel very sexually alive and you have real difficulty having orgasm. Now, I'm not talking about the ability to have orgasm from intercourse. From what I from what I read, only about 25 percent of women, you know, can do that. So that that might be the way your vagina is built. Okay, so most women, it's clitoral stimulation that creates orgasm, but there are some women. And it's not about when they're with their partner. It's even by themselves. They have a hard time having an orgasm. So maybe you should consider whether your your energy is blocked because you're not feeling your feelings or your past is unfinished and there's bitterness and anger in your body. So you're not able to feel pleasure and flow. Maybe you've got things in your life that are unsaid. Maybe you have thoughts that need to be questioned. Maybe you've got broken agreements. Maybe you are not taking responsibility but blaming everybody in your life for things. And so you have all this negativity in your body. You have all this junk in your body. And it's blocking a man's arteries so the blood ain't flowing. Or it's blocking the blood flow to the clitoris and you don't feel anything there. Okay, so I guess that's about all that I can say on that. I just want to offer those things and invite you to be curious about that. That that maybe somehow I'm unconsciously responsible for my body not being, not operating the way it's supposed to. I'm supposed to be able to have orgasms and easily. And for women, multiple orgasms. Men are supposed to get an erection and keep an erection and be able to not prematurely lose it. Now, in the premature ejaculation issue, that has to do with some technique of a man learning how to breathe and move the energy in his body. Because when you're having sex, it feels so good in that one region that all your attention's in that one region. And when all your attention is on the pleasure that's going on with your penis, it's really hard to control it from exploding. Okay? So men have to use their breath to know how to circulate the energy away from their penis 
during sex to where they can have sex for 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes without stopping and not have an orgasm because they're, they're, they're that in tune with their body and they're able to move this energy and not get it locked in to that one place. And so that's, that's a different discussion. That, that's at a different level um, that I'd love to work with men about. Uh, I don't get men too often wanting to, to either admit that they have that issue or to, um, to want to deal with it. It's, I hear much more about I have trouble getting or keeping an erection and I don't have much sexual desire and I ask my clients, you know, if I can ask you a personal question. Yeah, sure. What do you know? Whatever. I said, do you masturbate? Do you do you have orgasms regularly? Is it easy? No, I, I sometimes I masturbate a little bit. It feels good, but I never I don't I can't have an orgasm. I haven't had an orgasm in 20 years. Holy crap. That's not normal. That that it means you're blocking something. But the good news is is if you're doing something to keep your body from performing the way it's supposed to, then you can do something about it. Right? I mean, if you're doing it to yourself, then you can stop doing it to yourself so that you can do it to yourself. <laughs> a little humor there. Okay, so that's kind of on the on the side of uh, my sexuality isn't operating the way it it can. Now let's talk let's assume now that men can perform and women can come and you know they have sexual desire, men have sexual desire, they can have an erection the whole thing. Now, what does it what does it mean or how can you be good in bed then? Now here's what I want you to hear. This this is going to be hilarious if you if you get this. Almost every single time the things that sabotage your love life outside the bedroom are the very same things that sabotage you in the bedroom. The same issues show up in any room of the house. <laughs> right? The same issues show up no matter where you are. It's, it's, there's an old Zen saying, wherever you go, there you are. So if you're in the kitchen or in the living room or wherever you are and you've got certain relationship sabotaging behaviors, you're going to bring those things in the bedroom because it's you. You're, now you are in the bedroom and those issues are going to show up there. So the good news about all of this is if you get yourself in better relationship shape, and most of us, when we talk about that, we're thinking about, yeah, like outside the bedroom, you're going to find that you're going to become a better and better lover because you're a better and better partner. So let me just break this down real simple. There are some people who have difficulty taking themselves seriously, owning their value, thinking they matter, and making their needs known to others. Some people have difficulty speaking up and asking for help or letting people know what they want or what they need or what they're feeling. They can sometimes feel like everybody is more important than me. So they suffer from maybe a low self-esteem, a feeling of being unlovable or unworthy. 
the old, you know, um, I just go along with others to get along. You know, other people are more important. I want everyone else to be happy. So that kind of person will go into the bedroom and they won't tell their part they won't tell their partner what they need they don't prioritize their own pleasure they're not selfish enough in bed and selfish enough to say no here's how you do me <laughs> touch me here do it this way more of that less of that in other words they love themselves. They own themselves. They, they take responsibility for their own pleasure in bed by saying, my partner is not going to be a psychic. And I deserve to have a good time. I deserve someone to devote themselves to me. I deserve to have someone who wants to make me feel good and make sure I'm having fun and that I'm having an orgasm. But if your self-esteem, if you don't see yourself that way, you won't be in bed with that mindset. And you're going to over-function. I'll just take care of them. I'll do what they want. I'll make them happy. I'll do things they want to do. And so you don't speak up. And so your partner might not know that you're not having a good time. Your partner might not know that you didn't have an orgasm or that you even want one. Your partner might not know how to do that for you because you won't tell them. Oh, I don't want to tell them exactly how to do it. You know, they, they should know. No, they don't. They don't know your body. And I haven't been with a ton of women, but I've never been with the same woman whose bodies operate the same way. Every damn woman I've ever been with some things, some women like, other things, you try that because in your last relationship, when you touched her here or in that way, it drove her crazy. Now you're with this woman, you touch her there and in that way, and you get no reaction. How am I supposed to know what really turns on some woman? Unless she tells me. I mean, there's, I could just keep having sex and keep trying things, and eventually I'm going to get lucky and land on something and do something, and she'll catch her breath. <gasps> And I was like, oh, I found something that works for her. <laughs> but do you see what I'm getting at? There are some people who see themselves as small and they don't want to be a pain in the ass. They don't want to be high maintenance. They don't want to be demanding because they don't think they deserve it. Sometimes we use a persona name for this kind of person as we call her crumb girl or crumb guy. Guys can be this way too. Have that kind of low self-esteem. I don't deserve a woman to really dedicate herself to my pleasure, a woman that really wants me to have a good time. So this can go either way. But crumb girl or crumb boy is the nickname. Like, I don't deserve to be at the table. I'll just take the crumbs that fall off because I don't, I don't deserve to be there. So you really don't communicate. You don't have the expectation that you matter. Now, that happens outside the bedroom too, does it not? And, and, and then you just bring crumb girl into the bedroom. And you're not going to be a very good lover. Because eventually you're, you're not going to enjoy sex. You're not going to want to have sex because you know that every time you lose. 
you're, you aren't, you aren't having a great time. You've set it up to where your partners are not being asked to take care of you or that you don't have the, even the attitude to think you deserve it. And so it's not a very fun situation for you. So then you lose sexual interest. And who would blame you if you're not having fun and your partners aren't really devoted to pleasing you and so forth? So that's the first one. But then you got the other side where sometimes people aren't very good listeners. Have you noticed this? (laughs) Have you noticed how you can tell your partner some things and they just either dismiss it or they argue with it or... They don't agree. Uh, it goes one in, in one ear and out the other. They don't really consider what you're saying. They don't, they don't want to understand you. They don't want to see your perspective. They don't want to maybe adjust their behavior based upon the feedback you're giving them. So they're not good listeners. I don't mean they don't hear you. I mean they don't do anything about what you're sharing. They don't really take it seriously and decide to make a change in their life, the way they're treating you, you know, the, just the way they are in your normal relationship. Now, that person who doesn't respect you, who doesn't think that your thoughts and your feelings and what you want matter and that he should be taking them into consideration, or she, this goes both ways, they, they don't value you. Maybe they value themselves. Maybe they're kind of more narcissistic. You know, I matter. It's all about me. I'm right. You're wrong. Your feelings are goofy. You know, you're being silly. You're ridiculous. You're right. And so that guy or that woman in bed is not a good lover. Because first of all, they're not concerned with you and what you're feeling and what you're wanting. They're not listening to you. They're not feeling into your body for cues because they're really not there to make you feel good and to let you know that they love you. They're there to get on, get off, and get to sleep. It's all about them. So you have this dichotomy of the the selfless person and the narcissist, the under-functioning person and the over-functioning person, the caretaker and the one who takes advantage of. Do you see this? Do you see these, these big ways in which we can show up and that you would, if you're that way outside the bedroom, you're going to be that way inside the bedroom. I mean, if, if you meet a man or a woman who seems to be very present to you, very interested in you, asking you questions, genuinely curious, curious, to get to know who you are and what your life is like and what you're feeling and you know what emotions you have and how was your day and they really want to know like they're really interested in you and what's happening and that they want the best for you they right that person's going to be great in bed do you follow me <laughs> as long as they also have a sense of themselves and they're like oh i'm totally here to be of service <laughs> I'm totally here. I, I, I want to express my love to you and I want you to feel it because I'm interested in you and I care about you and I want you to feel good and I want to connect with you and I want to listen to you 
and I want to move with you. I want to dance with you. But but I'm not doing that, you know, disassociating from myself. I'm both with you and with me. So to me, the best lovers are the ones that are narcissistic and unselfish. <laughs> right? In other words, they're totally paying attention to you and they want the best for you and they love you and they they want to give you pleasure. They they would not be happy after sex if you did not have a really great time. But they also want to have a really great time and they can let you know what that means to them. And so the best sex in the world is when two people are together and both people totally want the other person to have the most amazing experience that they've ever had and that they want to have it themselves in the same sexual encounter. They come fully there as themselves, as a selfish creature, saying, I want to feel good. I deserve to feel good. I deserve the partner to be thinking about me and wanting to give to me and love me and help me have orgasm and feel connected to me. And I feel that way about them. I want them to have that from me. I want to, I want to be present with them. I want to enter their body or take their body into mine and we merge as one in this desire to give and receive pleasure. That's fucking good sex. I don't care about positions and technique. When you have those attitudes, you're not only good in bed, but you're good outside of the bedroom, <laughs> right? Like I really want my partner to flourish in their career and in their spirituality. And I'm going to do everything that I can. That's my responsibility to do, to be present with them, to, to express love, to, to be a good listener, to help them evolve and be the person that they really want to be. And then I know my partner wants to do the same for me. They want to support my evolution and my growth. And they're going to give me feedback because their intention is I love this person. I want them to be and have all that they are. So you're in this mutual relationship of support, mutual sort of demand for creativity from both. This, this mutual wanting each other to be a better version of themselves because of the way we love each other. Like there's a, a sense that we're together because when we're together, both of us individually are better people because of the relationship. Like my woman calls out the best in me, wants the best in me, inspires the best in me, is willing to do anything to support my growth. And likewise, I want the best for her. I want support her growth. I want to give her feedback. I want to love her in any way I can that would help her be the person that, that she's been made to be. Right? So when we have that kind of relationship outside the bedroom, you can guarantee you that when they're in bed, it's awesome. So how do you become better in bed? Well, since it's sometimes difficult 
to find a partner, at least in the immediate moment, that you want to trust to that level to have sex with, you can start by being a better partner outside the bedroom, by getting yourself in relationship shape, by letting go of your past, by learning to communicate in healthy ways, by learning to be emotionally intelligent, by learning to question some of your thoughts and stories and interpretations in your head. Right, All the things that I talk about and teach about on getting yourself prepared for something real, the more work you do there, you didn't know it, but you're preparing to be a better lover in the bedroom because you're more emotionally sensitive. You're more willing to communicate and reveal rather than conceal. You've let go of the past, so you're not bringing anything from the past into the bedroom with you, like resentments and arguments you had last week with your partner or the week before. You know how to handle drama in your relationship to where you find solution and you don't just bury it and it's underneath the surface and it builds resentment to where you don't really like each other anymore and then your sex life goes to hell. Why? Because Either one of you don't like sex. No, you both like sex. You just don't like sex with each other because there's all this unresolved resentments. But when you're in relationship shape, you're learning the skills on how not to let drama and and resentments build up, how to let that go, even how to use drama to bring you closer together to greater understanding, right? So when you're doing the work outside the bedroom, You didn't know it, but you are in the process of becoming a better lover. So if you want to be good in bed, you should hire me as a coach. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Not that we would talk a lot about sex. We can if you want to, but we would talk about how to get yourself in relationship shape so that you don't have another divorce. You don't get dumped again. You don't have all this drama in your life. You attract a healthy, sustainable relationship. A relationship that is healthy outside the bedroom is a relationship that's healthy inside the bedroom. Does that make sense? I hope so. I hope I hope it makes you either because you're on the sexual problem side, like you need to work with me because your body's not performing the way it's supposed to. So we need to clear away some of the baggage and some of the garbage and some of the blockages that are that is keeping your body from just being the the sexual instrument that it's supposed to be, right? And then once that happens and or you work with me to be just in better relationship shape, just to be a better partner, just to be able to connect with someone in a deep, honest way. And if you, if you haven't been in really healthy, sustainable relationships, again, I have to say this, it's not because you haven't found the right person yet. It's not because you just haven't gotten lucky that fate is not on your side and you've just met all the wrong partners that have all these problems. No, it's not them. It's you. You're not in relationship shape. That's why you've attracted them in the first place. And that's why the relationships have been disappointing 
and not worked out. Not because you haven't found the right person, but because you haven't been the right person. Sorry, I have to say it that way. But I think sometimes our our egos are so strong. We are so convinced it was my ex. It's women. It's this. It's that. The ego is so strong that it doesn't want to, to look in the mirror and say, no, it's me. I'm the one who's, who's attracted all these dynamics because they're happening in my life. So I'm ready. I'm ready to help you become a better lover and partner inside the bedroom or outside the bedroom to help you create the love life that you most desire. All right. I think that's plenty to be said on how to be good in bed. And until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.